Welcome to this week's episode of Joy in Your Circus. I'm your host, Sabrina Irvin, and I'm so grateful you took time away from your chaos to listen to me talk about mine. So today's episode is called Potty Training and How It Nearly Killed Me. Yep, that's right, folks. Potty training nearly killed me. So some of you are sitting there going, yeah, I know, potty training is tough. No, 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 no. Potty training nearly killed me. So we have four kids, as you know, and we have our oldest son, Jackson. He just turned eight. And potty training Jackson was what I would say, like, as close as you can get to your textbook potty training, like, we, we tried a few different strategies, and when he was ready, he just did it. Like, we were like, oh, we got a little cocky about it, and you know, it was two days. The kid rarely had accidents. I honestly don't even remember night training. Like, it just, it went so smoothly with Jackson that it didn't really, I don't know, there's just nothing that stands out. Like, it was easy. He rarely wet the bed. It was just smooth. So I kind of went into potty training our daughter Scarlett with a mindset that, it was going to go the same way. And I mean, I know people tell you, you know, whether their girls are easier than boys or boys are easier than girls. I've actually heard both ways, so I don't even know what you're supposed to think. But I'm here to tell you that those, that's a lie. (laughs) Even if girls versus boys, like, it's a lie. It doesn't matter. It's individual. It really is. Every child is different. And I think it's time that we start throwing away the notion that it's going to be one way or the other. Every child is unique. Every situation is unique. One boy may train faster than another boy. You may struggle training one of your sons, but one does it really easily. Our kids are individuals and that we should treat them as individuals. We maybe take some of the pressure off. So let's back up. So my son, he was like your typical... You know, we tried a few things. We did the whole like stay home for a weekend, put him naked situation. And of course, we had no other kids. So I could try all these methods. I could do sticker charts. I could do rewards. I could, you know, I was okay if we were going to take him places. Like it was just him and me, you know, when, when we went places for the most part because my husband was gone. He was working on the road. But I was always prepared. Like, I didn't have any other kids to chase around. I could focus on potty training my son. And you know what? It was easy. My daughter Scarlett was a total game changer. So those of you that are sitting there going, oh, this is going to be Sabrina telling us how fantastic she was at potty training her kids. Brace yourselves. (laughs) My daughter Scarlett is six, turning seven in November. I had to think about that for a minute. When you have four kids, sometimes you forget when their birthdays are. No shame. So anyways, (laughs) she is turning seven in November and she started showing interest in the potty when she was, I want to say like it was just before the two mark and probably because her brother, you know, they always say, oh, if the siblings using the bathroom, they're more interested. And so we did, you know, what all of the books say, because first and second kid, you listen to what all the books say and all the blogs and all the websites, because they say, you know, when they start showing interest, that's when you should start. That's when you should, you know, lose the diapers, you know, whatever you're going to do, whether you're sticker charting or you're doing rewards or you're giving them chocolate chips or whatever the heck you choose to do. So with our daughter, 
we started and I had high hope because of how my son went. I naively thought it was going to go just as well. So fast forward and she turned three. So we had dealt with this for a year. And you know, whatever, like there are a lot of three-year-olds that aren't potty trained. Like it is what it is. Then we started having some issues where she would pee and she would hide. We would find wet clothes everywhere. Like we were cleaning the carpets constantly. It was a nightmare. Like it was everywhere. And you know, my patience was thin about it, but my husband's was even thinner. Like he couldn't handle it. You know, I I constantly said, you know, there's got to be something wrong. Like if there has to be something that's not right. Like as a parent, you don't ever want to feel like your kid's just lazy. Like you always, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I always want to know, not that I wish something was wrong with my kid. Don't take this the wrong way. But I wish there was a reason for why something wasn't working the way it's supposed to, I guess. So here I am uh, Googling everything trying to figure out what the heck the issue could be possibly because I'm getting opinions from every second person in my life telling me, well, you're doing this, you should do this. Or, you know, she she should be potty trained by now. Are you, you know, are you sure you're not doing, you're doing this correctly or what have you? And that can be hard on a mom. Like when you have a million people giving you advice on how you should do something and telling you you're doing it wrong and you're holding her back. And that is really hard on moms. Being a mom is hard. And when people start throwing advice at you left right and center it's overwhelming and it makes you feel inadequate so if you do that to people just stop right now just stop (sighs) so fast forward a little bit and I remember going multiple times to the doctor because I just you know she wasn't going to be able to go to preschool and it was going to be these big issues and like I talked to preschool because my son and daughter are fairly close in age so they were going to be able to be she would be able to start preschool when the month she turned three and this was really important to me because I wanted her to get preschool time when I had Lennox our next daughter and so they said you know as long as she's not in pull-ups and you know you can we can try and work with you So I thought, okay, like it's two and a half hours. Like, honestly, really? Like what can go wrong? She really get her to go to the bathroom before she goes. And, you know, you try and say, well, you're not gonna be able to go to preschool anymore. If you have accidents at school, like they won't let you come back. So you use that tactic to try and, you know, get them to use the bathroom all the time. If you are a mom with a preschooler, you know how that goes. I'm sure you've said those words to your kids. So Anyways, so the preschool was really good. Like they were really helpful in trying to work with us. I kept, here I am with this brand new baby getting calls every second week to pick up my kid because she had either pooped her pants or peed her pants. Really defeating because you think, okay, you're making a step forward to take three steps back. So here I am thinking more Googling, more researching what could be wrong with my child that she's just not getting it. Okay. So talk to the doctor because I thought there's got to be something. So the first thing that came out of this was we went to see a gynecologist. So they said, you know, maybe there's something going on. So it turned out her labia was fused. So that wasn't for me. I'm like, oh my goodness, that sounds scary. But it's common and it's something that can hinder potty training a bit so they you know they prescribed a cream and that fixed itself so I thought awesome 
Like we're going to be in good shape. Like this is going to fix it. She's going to be awesome. We're going to, potty training is going to be great. We're going to move on from this period of our life. Wrong. (laughs) So that fixes itself. Her, you know, her labia is not fused anymore. The gynecologist was satisfied with that. The family doctor was satisfied. The issue is still there. We were, the daytime issues were very prevalent. By the time she turned four, the daytime issues were still very much a problem. Nighttime training was just non-existent. Like we weren't even going there because why? Like what is the point in even, even going down that road when she can't do daytime? Okay. Which can be really disheartening for a child. Like, to be honest, you know, her friends are are not having any issues. And even at a young age of four, like, they pick up on that stuff. So you feel, as a mom, you feel really defeated. You feel really sad for them. But you don't know what to do to help. Not knowing, it's like when your child is sick and there's nothing you can do for them. You just have to comfort them. I just felt really helpless. Like, I just didn't know what to do. So after more visits with the family doctor and nothing really coming of this. Like, it's just, I wasn't really getting anywhere. wasn't getting any good advice, I felt. I ended up finding out um, that there's physiotherapy for peds to help with pelvic floor. Now, for me, as a mom, I had done uh, physiotherapy for pelvic floor so that I could jump on the trampoline and stop peeing my pants, which I still kind of do, but it's better. (laughs) Any mom who has gone through a pregnancy needs to see a physiotherapist highly recommend it was a good experience for me I learned a lot it should be something all moms do you know like once you carry a child you need to take care of your body because think about all of what goes on in there your our bodies are amazing but the damage that a child can do you know you need to take care of yourself. So this is part of self-care. And I will never forget going to those physiotherapy appointments and coming home and telling my husband that my vagina had knots. The look on his face, you guys. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing. And he's like, so like, do you massage that? Like knots in your back? Like what? That's a whole other podcast. But Honestly, physiotherapy has so many benefits in our lives. And I found pelvic floor physiotherapy was a good tool for me. And so, But I didn't know that there was such thing as pediatrics. Pelvic floor physiotherapy, I learned so many new things. So I connected with a physiotherapist who specializes in peds pelvic floor. And we saw her for, I want to say, nine months, ten months, maybe something like that. And through that process... We learned a lot, me and Scarlett. And yeah, it wasn't just her. It was good education for both of us. So we learned proper ways for movement and improved her movement, which helps in the way that she, her posture and the way that she sits when she goes to the bathroom. We learned different techniques to keep her on the toilet longer. We learned different things to help with diet because... One thing that I hadn't had too much education on was that constipation can be a huge part of why kids are having trouble with potty training. So that's definitely something that if your child is struggling with potty training, constipation could be an issue. And it 
it's complicated because I, when I think of constipation, I think, well, you just can't go poop. But there's more to it than that. You can have constipation and still be going to the bathroom. So it's definitely something to explore because there was just so many things that I had no idea about that I learned from physiotherapists through this process. So give that a try if you are struggling. It's worth a consultation to find someone in your area that does peds pelvic floor because this was incredible. So we did this for a while and it definitely helped with um, some things, but urgency was still a huge issue for Scarlett. So what I mean by that in her world was it would go from being totally fine, I didn't have to go to the bathroom, to it is an emergency in a matter of minutes. So as a mom, that's so frustrating because, you know, you take your kids, you try and get them to go to the bathroom before you leave the house. And no, she'd sit there. I don't have to go. I'm good. So you're like, okay, okay. And then, you know, at the time when we were going through some of this, we lived on an acreage and, you know, you'd go to the bathroom before we left the house and then we'd get halfway into the city and it was like, I need to pee right now or I'm going to pee my pants. And that I always found really frustrating. I'm like, how all of a sudden is it an emergency? Like this is so frustrating. It was so on road trips, it was the worst. So we'd go from urgency issues to she was constantly wet. So even if she wasn't full on peeing her pants, she was dribbling a lot. So if you are constantly wet, you develop rashes. So we went from having problems with just potty training in general to now my kid is constantly a rash she's got yeast infections constantly she's dealing with you know bladder infections and oh add that to the pile of stuff that we're dealing with so this poor kid is in tears because she's got rashes because she's wet it's just this cycle right and then you know if you're rashy and then she wears a pull-ups to bed and she's peeing throughout the night so she's sitting wet on a rash like you can only imagine what this is doing so as a mom once again you feel really defeated you're like I just I don't know what to do so we thought you know we took the what we had learned from physio we took some of what we had learned through research and put all this stuff into play and things started to improve so we started to she went to kindergarten and she did have quite a few accents at kindergarten but they always say, oh, you know, it's a new environment and oh, frustrating. Like, I'll never forget the one day she didn't tell me that she didn't have a change of clothes left at school. And I was in Saskatoon and we were at the time our daughter was going to school in Warman, which for those of you that aren't familiar with this, it's from where I was in the city. It was about a 20 minute drive for me to get back to where we were at the school. And so they the school phoned me to say that she had had an accident, but she didn't have a change of clothes. I'm like in the middle of a store and I'm like, really? Uh, okay. Okay. So here I am doing that. And that's happened. That happened a couple times. It's usually keep a change of clothes at school, but for whatever reason, my daughter sometimes like to hide the fact that she peed her pants. So then we'd find pee clothes in random places, which was always fun and smelt amazing if you're wondering. So, you know, we went from being wet all the time to being in kindergarten and things started to improve like she she started to get better at daytime but nighttime was just still not happening you guys like it was just not a no-go zone 
So I thought, you know, the rashes are continuing because at nighttime she sits in this pull-ups. Maybe we should cut the pull-ups. Maybe we should just put her in panties at nighttime and see what happens. Maybe the pull-ups is holding her back. Okay, so we try this. And I was changing her bedding three to four times a night, which was exhausting with younger kids. So, you know, we had we had four kids when we were going through this. So you can imagine a newborn, a toddler, and a child who's constantly peeing your bed. So there's that. So I, I kind of was like the lesser of the evils. Like you're like, okay, well, we either keep her in pull-ups and we're dealing with paying for pull-ups all the time, or we're going to be changing her bed and doing a crap ton of laundry which we have four kids, so we're already doing a lot of laundry. So the amount of bedding was ridiculous. So we kind of had to pick, and this is not a great situation to be in. So things just weren't great. And fast forward a little bit, we moved into a new house, a new neighborhood, and things went downhill again. The typical regression when you have big life changes. So here's where we are. So started potty training around two. By the time we moved, we're at six, okay, or nearly six. So I am tired, (laughs) period. (laughs) This has been such a long process and I feel bad for her because you're constantly nagging, you're, you want to, you want her to get it, you just don't know what else to do to help her. So things just weren't getting better and I was kind of getting worried again. Like, is there something wrong? Like, I just, I don't know. Go back to the family doctor for her checkup. And they said, you know, maybe we should send her to see a a pediatrician now. So my husband took her to see the pediatrician. And she was very intrigued by the story because, I mean, potty training issues happen. But Scarlett was having a lot of pee at night. Like she would, we would, you know, you do all the right things. You cut off the liquids and you think, okay, well, if she's not drinking anything, how does she pee this much? Like we're talking pull-ups that like weigh a ridiculous amount by the morning. So you're like, how does she even have this much urine? Like, honestly, (laughs) I don't know, but she was intrigued. So she sent us then to see a pediatric urologist. So the pediatric urologist was a whole other specialist to deal with. We've now been through gynecologists, family doctors, pediatrician, physiotherapists, and now we are at a urologist. <laughs> so I've explained this story, you know, you explain all the key points repeatedly to people. And, you know, I've got like notes like, okay, this is when we started because, you know, I've explained this to so many different specialists over the years because I thought, you know, there has to be something wrong. Like, what are we missing? Like, what can I do to help my kid? Because as a parent, you want the best for your kids. You want them to succeed. I don't want her to be in pull-ups when she's eight. Like, I want her to be successful at this. I want her to move forward from this. I don't want it to define her childhood. And you struggle with this. And now we're at a point where our daughter Lennox, who will be four in September, is potty training and nearly she's dry most days she has the odd accident since covid with the schedule changes and me trying to help with school she's had a lot more accidents lately but she's dry most nights she is good most of the t- 
time during the day. And her sister sees that and it bothers her. And I can tell that the emotional component is there when she's comparing herself to her younger sister. And watching that as a mom is really hard because, you know, yeah, like I I need to be happy for Lennox. I need to say, you know, wow, that's awesome. You were dry last night. Like you had another dry night. Like that's great. Like a couple more dry nights and we're going to wear panties to bed every night. You're doing so awesome. And then my daughter Scarlett hears that. Well, mom, how come you're not proud of me? And like the, your heart sinks because you feel bad you want to support your kids and you you want to be proud of your kids but how do you support one child and encourage them without making the other child feel inadequate this is one of the struggles that we deal with so this urologist had some really interesting points that i hadn't thought of or heard from anybody else So I'm going to share these couple things with you and maybe they help you if you're kind of in a situation where potty training is difficult, particularly if you have a daughter. Some of these things are specific to girls. Um, But yeah, like I just, I'm kind of at the end of my, end of my rope with this and potty training, she's going to be seven in the fall. (laughs) I feel tired and drained and ready to just be done with diapers and pull-ups and our, our daughter Georgia is going to be two here next month and she's starting to show interest in the bathroom. I can't deal with three kids potty training at one time. I'm sorry. That is a lot. A lot. So the urologist had some interesting points. So one of the ones that stuck out from our conversation, of course, it was a phone appointment because our initial appointment in person got canceled with uh, the pandemic. So I had a phone consultation with her and we're waiting for an in-person appointment once she's actually seeing patients again. Um, One of the big things was to, what is vaginal voiding? And this is a term I hadn't heard before, but basically when you think of little girls, they wear, you know, leggings or whatever, and they don't pull them down all the way. They don't get, they're tiny. So they're not spreading their legs very far. So a lot of times urine gets trapped. So she suggested as much as a pain in the butt as it is to get them to fully undress or at least take one leg out of their pants and panties or sit backwards because it's just that they're not, they rush, which we had talked a lot about in physiotherapy, but she just isn't getting everything out. So then, you know, she traps urine and she goes about, you know, pulls up her pants and goes back to playing and all of a sudden she's dribbling. So she's not having, it's not a full blown accident. But it's enough that's making her wet, which irritates. And if she has a rash already, it's a train wreck. (laughs) So anyways, so that was one of the major ones that stuck out to me. Another one that she talked about was a laxative. So we had done a little bit of this in physiotherapy. um, Something I was leery about because, you know, I'm like, oh, you're giving your kid a laxative. Like, is that a good idea? But I learned a lot about it and talking to this urologist about it she said specific laxatives um, are totally fine for kids to take on a long term so yeah which was really interesting to me so she suggested taking a a low dose every day which is just going to help keep things going and it's not going to harm her long term there's no dependency on it long term which was one of my concerns is, you know, like if you're going to put your kid on something like this, are they going to need it to poop? (laughs) Is it going to get to the point where 
they don't go without having something to help them. But I just, I learned some interesting things. She was really helpful. Just certain types of laxatives are expelled with your bowels. Um, and some of them kind of stay. So that was interesting. I didn't know that. So I learned that. She did suggest like the typical, you know, making sure you're cutting off the liquids and watching the diet and these kinds of things. So really not to give up. She said that there are medications that we can try for Scarlet, but she said she's on the younger end of that. So it might be something we explore in a year or two for her if this is still an issue. So things that are going to limit her urine at night specifically to target that. So not something I'm against. I mean, I don't want my kid to be taking medications unnecessarily, but if it was something that would help her through this tough period of time, maybe it was something we would look at. And I think it's important that before we jump the gun and make any decisions that we get all the information we need. So if you're in a situation where you have trouble potty training your child and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I, how is it so easy for everyone else? It isn't. It really isn't. And you know what? Reading all of the blogs and all of the things you read, they tell you, okay, well, you just have to do positive reinforcement. You need sticker charts. You need Smarties. You need chocolate chips. You need to buy them, take them shopping for panties. You need to... I don't don't know, there's so many things. You need to put things in the toilet for them to get excited about peeing on. Like, I have read it all. (laughs) There are so many things that we tried because I was at my wit's end. I'm like, I will, I am willing to try anything to fix this problem. And, you know, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that it's going to be something we deal with for a while. And that as a mom, I need to stop comparing my child to my own kids or to other people's kids. She is unique. She is her own person in so many ways. But it's not fair to her for me to be putting expectations on her of what everyone else is doing. And it's an interesting lesson for me as a mom. And I'm kind of translating that to other areas of parenting because We have a tendency as moms to compare our kids. You know, we see what other, what milestones other people's kids are meeting. And if our kids aren't meeting them, we are devastated. We think, okay, well, what can I do to help them meet meet those milestones? What, they're not quite there, but they're, this kid is, and we must be doing something wrong. We need to give ourselves grace, you guys. Being a mom is hard and we put so much pressure on ourselves if our kids aren't meeting these expectations and these milestones. And I've talked about the appointments, the vaccination appointments, and I will talk about it again today because it is something I firmly believe in. And I, if you know someone who is going to be a first time mom, I think it's important that you share this with them. In our area here where we are, you go for these vaccination appointments. And right now they're a little different. I was chatting with uh, the lady that lives across the street from me here who manages in public health and she said right now it's a needle it's the vaccination and that's pretty much it typically at these appointments you're in conversation you're talking about milestones you're talking about what are they doing what are they not doing what are they eating how are their bowels how is their sleep how is your sleep like it's this whole slew of information 
They give you flashcards to look at, laminated cards to flip through while your kid's getting a needle to which milestones are they doing, which ones aren't they doing. If they're not doing these ones, do you want a referral? And here's the thing. It can make moms feel awful. I remember leaving those appointments sometimes, you know, when your kid isn't doing exactly what is listed on the chart for six months or a year. And you're like, oh man, like you beat yourself up. You're like, oh, what is my, my kid's not doing that? Like, am I doing something wrong? And you know, it's disheartening. And first time moms need to know that every child is unique. And your child may not hit the same milestones as the kid next door. You may be three months ahead. You may be three months behind. That doesn't necessarily mean there is anything wrong with your child. I have a friend who, Jolene, who has been on the podcast and we chatted about this during her episode you know, she had some of the same thoughts. You know, her son wasn't meeting these expected milestones, especially when it came to sensory things, when it came to food. You know, he wasn't, the solid foods weren't going as well. And he was, you know, they were just having constant issues with vomiting and he just wasn't doing all the things that they said he should be doing at certain ages. And she left feeling depressed and hurt and confused as to what she was doing wrong. And it turned out her son has autism and he's on the spectrum and he has issues with sensory. So of course he was having issues with food and, you know, he excels at so many things and he's brilliant, but there were other areas where he didn't meet certain milestones by certain days. He's still a happy, healthy kid. There was nothing wrong with him, but there was an explanation for why certain areas of his development weren't exactly where the chart said they should be but it makes moms feel like crap so if you know someone going to these appointments maybe give them a heads up that you know they're going to lay out the things that are you know these are the milestones your child should hit but not to be defeated if your kid's not quite there because ultimately every child's unique we need to remember that and we need to give ourselves grace so when it comes to potty training that's the lesson I've learned, every child's unique and each one of my four kids is unique and the experience is going to be different even with three girls. My, you know, each of my daughters may be totally different with potty training and that's just the adventure I'm on. <laughs> but, you know, I think at the end of the day, it teaches us patience even though we don't want to to need to have any more patience because especially right now, pandemic time, guys, the patience is thin. We all feel on edge. We're snapping. We're constantly in a bad mood. Is it just me? Just me? No? Okay. Take some time this week to figure out areas in which you can maybe grant yourself grace. Stop putting pressure on yourself. Things that maybe you're stressing out about that you're pushing yourself to reach with your kids maybe you are in the same boat as me with potty training maybe that's your thing and you're wondering why one of your kids is was amazing and typical potty training by the book and one of your kids is struggling and you're sitting there shaking your head and you're crying and you're upset and you're carpet cleaning for the fifth time this month and your other kids pooping in the corner yes real life stories here folks Real life is messy. Give yourself grace. Remember that this week. It's not easy. Being a mom is hard. But you are enough. You can tackle it. You can handle whatever life throws you this week. Take some time 
to find joy in your circus.